Welcome to What I Wish I Knew by Dental Head Start, your weekly mentoring session thanks to cpdjunkie.com.au. You've got a patient who has pain in their jaw and their muscles. They wake up, it's worse in the morning. They've got chips in their teeth, attrition on their front teeth, and most of their posteriors have wear facets. Do you just give them a splint? It's something that we're trained to think, all right, yeah, splint protection straight away. And then when that doesn't quite work, we don't really know what to do. And so in this podcast with Dr. Damien Teo, he talks a lot about that. And this is something, you know, we, <laughs> what I wish I knew is the point of this. And this is something I hope everyone does learn and understand is that splints aren't always the answer. It's not always the first thing. And this is what Damien wants to get across in this episode. He talks a little bit about the diagnosis and the three reasons he would use a splint. Um, and really interesting, like thinking about the adjunctive measures to help patients with pain, especially when it's muscular. I learn a lot from this. I personally wear a splint. It's always um, really close to home when it's you're actually um, related to the treatment, especially like the ortho ed segment where I'm getting orthodontics myself. Um, now, Dr. Damien Teo is doing the TMD and sleep mini residency at the end of the year. Um, it's something you can find on dentalheadstart.com. Um, in the show notes, you can find it on cpdjunkie.com.au. It's a featured um, event and it's something that I think is going to teach a lot of people a lot of stuff about um, TMD, bruxism and sleep dentistry. So if you're interested in that, check it out in the show notes or at cpdjunkie.com.au. For now, Damien tells us a bit about that story where the splint just hasn't worked. Very common case that um, I see and I'm pretty sure a lot of general dentists will see is you've got a patient coming in with um, complaints of grinding and they'll either have a splint already or maybe multiple splints or they may be wanting a splint. And the first thing we have to now figure out is, is a splint going to be suitable for them? So let's say we've got the patient where um, they've had five or so splints over the years and they're coming for a new splint and you ask them why do you want a new splint and they'll just say they're grinding their teeth now when i see people for a splint consult i put them into three different categories as to why i would make them a splint so the first reason i would make a splint is to protect the teeth so if they're breaking their teeth a lot. Um, we've just done lots of crowns, a full mouth rehab or implants. We want to protect them. So that's one reason I would make a splint. The second reason would be for muscle problems. So that can manifest as like muscle pain, pain in the cheeks um, in the morning or the masters or temporalis or headaches or neck pain. That would be the second reason. The third reason would be for TMJ specific problems. So TMJ problems are different from muscle problems. So TMJ problems would be pain right into TMJ itself or ear pain, ringing in the ears, um, maybe clicking discs um, or crepitus, that sort of thing. So if they come in telling me that they're grinding or they've got bruxism, I do not automatically think they need a splint. The reason is um, everyone grinds their teeth to some degree. So um, some of us will grind all the time. Some of us will grind only a little bit. Some of us will grind only when we're stressed from exams or work. Um, and then some of us will grind during the day or some at night or some day or night. So since there's so many different variables with grinding, if someone's coming in to me telling me that they're grinding their teeth and they want to splint, I don't automatically think, do we need a splint or we should put a splint in the mouth? I'm first thinking, ah, oh, they're grinding. Is the grinding causing any problems? 
then that's when these first three problems I mentioned can come up. Is the grinding causing any um, teeth damage? Is the grinding causing any muscle pain or headaches? Or is the grinding causing any jaw clicking or ear pain or crepitus? And if it's causing one of those three things or a combination of those three things, then I'd say, yes, potentially a splint could help you. But if they're coming with grinding and it's not causing those three issues, then a splint may not be the answer for them. We may need to look into other things as to why are they grinding? Potentially, maybe it's their stress. Um, maybe something's just happened at work and they're grinding for the last few months because of a deadline. Or uh, maybe it's a female who's just gone pregnant. Um, or maybe it's a breathing or airway issue. So splints aren't always the first answer for a grinding case. If we're going to be making a splint, we first have to think, is it suitable? And what is the purpose of my splint? What am I trying to achieve with it? Is there any, um, like we talk about these problems we're trying to solve. Hmm. What about the things we might cause if we make a splint when it might not be uh, indicated? Hmm. Yes, great question. So, for instance, let's say um, the person has um, jaw pain and headaches and um, we just put a splint in the mouth. What we're trying to do here is get rid of the jaw pain and headaches. But if we don't understand where the jaw pain and headaches are coming from or why they're getting the jaw pain and headaches, the splint could potentially make things worse. And that's where things such as the design of the splint or how often we use the splint um, or um, whether, the, whether they actually need the splint comes into play. And sometimes they may need the splint with other treatment modalities as well, such as maybe physiotherapy for the jaw pain and the muscles, or maybe breathing retrain to help relax their body and help them sleep and breathe better at night. But the way I've seen splints over the years has changed a lot. So when I first got into this field of TMD and um, sleep and bruxism, I saw splints as like, you know, the magic bullet which will fix everything. <laughs> but over the years, it's changed a lot more to the point where now, today, I'm actually trying to avoid using splints. So when I see a patient for a first consult, let's say this grinding patient, my first thing um, that's going through my mind is, do I need a splint? And if I do need a splint, how do I get my patient off this splint eventually? Because let's say it's a 25-year-old 20, uh, female who's just had a few crowns done. I don't think she will want to have a splint for the rest of her life until she's 80 years old. That's another 60 years or so. And even myself, I, I wouldn't want to wear a splint for the rest of my life. So first thing I'll be thinking of, okay, does she need a splint? And if she does, does she need it for the rest of her life? And if she does need it for the rest of her life, is there a way I could potentially get her off the splint one day where she may not need it for um, all the time or for the rest of her life? So um, to help explain this a bit more, um, there was a study um, back in the 1990s where two dentists were looking into um, treating patients with muscle pain. So they had master pain, headaches, jaw pain. Um, it wasn't disc clicking or TMJ issues. It was mostly muscle pain. And they put these, and they had 50 patients and they put them into two groups. One group they treated with splints and the other group they didn't treat with splints. They treated them by um, teaching them relaxation techniques, um, breathing exercises, postural exercises, etc. And they reviewed both of these groups um, only twice. 
they reviewed, they did one visit to, in the first visit, they either gave him a splint or taught him these exercises. And then in the second appointment, they did a review of the splints and then um, review of the exercises. And these two visits were three weeks apart. So at the six-week um, interval, they found that both the splint group and these um, exercise relaxation group, they both had 50% improvement of their jaw pain and increase of their jaw opening, mm. um, which is great. It pretty much shows that both splints and even without splints by doing appropriate physical therapy, breathing, relaxation, etc., is just as effective as a splint. Mm. And then it gets more interesting at the six-month mark. At the six-month mark, they found the splints still had the same amount of improvement, but the non-splint group, they had an even greater improvement. They showed they were having about 60-70% of improvement um, of their original pain symptoms, jaw opening, um, their, um, their ability to chew without pain, etc. Whereas the splint group was still pretty much the same as what it was six weeks ago. So that highlighted to me that splints, they're great, but they may not fix everything. And we could potentially get even more improvement by looking into more um, more functions going on in the body. And I've seen that myself over the years with my patients. I've seen some where we've been able to get them off the splints once they started doing proper physio work or looking at posture or just sleeping and breathing better or focusing on their diet and things like that. And it just made me... and. Some I've seen some patients as well where I had an initial consult with them. They came in coming for me saying, I've got jaw pain and headaches. And I think, oh, yeah, we should do a splint. A splint should help get rid of the jaw pain and headaches. But for whatever reason, they didn't want to go ahead. They said, no, nah, I don't want to do it yet. I'll come back and do it another time. And then I may have seen them six or 12 months later. And I just bring up, oh, how's your jaw pain and headaches going? And they'll say, oh, it's actually all gone. I don't have jaw pain or headaches anymore. Um, and it's all changed after I started doing some stretching or doing some physio work or changed my diet and avoided gluten. I've seen mm-hmm. lots of different things. Like that. It made me realize that, wow, all the patients I see, potentially I'm over-treating them with splints. I'm not saying that no one needs a splint. There are definitely cases which will benefit from them. But it also made me realize that we shouldn't just be um, narrow-minded and um, thinking everyone needs a splint. They need for the rest of their life. It's going to fix everything and um, mm. make them 100% better. Yeah, that's. I remember when we talked in our previous podcast, and if listeners haven't already heard it, we've done a whole series, um, Bruxism, uh, Sleep Apnea, MTMD. In the Bruxism one, you're talking about the stress that causes it, and that stress is not necessarily the stress we think about, which, it, but it is very common, you know, work stress and other stresses, but it, it can be um, dietary stress or other reasons. Ripe Global is an incredible resource, especially in these times where travel is a little bit difficult, but we're also realizing it's not always necessary for our education. Especially when we're starting our career, we just want to get as much as we can. And a platform like Ripe Global's membership is perfect for that. But Ripe Global is a lot more than that. They've got the fellowship in restorative dentistry. And while it's already started with the posterior dentistry course, they've just released the anterior dentistry course, one where you're going to learn about composites, aesthetics, isolation and indirect work as well. One of the hardest things to do in dentistry is the single front tooth and this course is aimed at helping you improve that skill. Find out more at ripeglobal.com or check out the show notes and you can get 30% off a membership all from the comfort of your own home.
So you mentioned you might use a splint for protecting teeth or for muscle pain or for TMJ issues. What are the clinical signs and symptoms that you're looking for that places a patient into one of these categories? Mm, okay, so with the first one, with protecting teeth, that's normally the easiest. If they've got no pain at all, no TMJ clicking, no headaches or neck pain, migraines, that's so easy. We just want to protect the teeth because we can see wear facets, attrition, abfraction, or they've just had lots of crown work and we don't want to, them to wear down. So that's normally a simple case because there's no pain or other issues. So that situation, normally I'd say, yeah, very straightforward, just make a simple flat plane splint to protect the teeth i'd still want to make it as thin as possible um, as thin as possible so it's not too bulky or annoying um, for them so that's when i'd be looking into um, the thickness of materials and trying to go to more 3d printed materials these days mm. which can be much more thinner and stronger so, um, such as nylon uh, yes that's correct yeah. yeah so we can make michigan splint our 3d printed nylon which is super strong compared to acrylic and mm. super skinny so especially if it's like we've done all this cram bridge work and we've very open vertical we don't mm. want to open mm. it further with a thick acrylic splint so Nylon can be 1 to 1.5 mils thick and cover all the teeth. So, it will mm. be very suitable and patient. Ah, oh, that's much more comfortable. I've just had a full mouth of crowns. Don't want even more plastic or <laughs> stuff in my mouth. So, It's very topical yeah. that you bring that up because I've just recently had one of my patients break their um, acrylic splint, but I've also oh. started using the nylon as well. Yeah. And um, seeing how thin and they're, they're literally, they're tiny compared yeah. to what I wear. It's so really tiny. quite cool. And yeah. so much more comfortable. Like, yeah, those are those protective cases where there's no jaw pain or like sleep snoring issues or headaches etc so easy to treat because we're just focusing on a protective helmet for the teeth basically when we get to muscle pain that's a bit different because now what we're dealing with pain and that makes it more complex because pain could be um, could be causing other problems as well though when you to find out if the person's a muscle pain problem, normally it's just through palpation. So um, just palpate the masseters, the temporalis, and it's also the nature of the pain. So a muscle pain patient will have more um, sort of a chronic, diffuse, dull, achy sort of pain. It will mostly be around the masseters, temporalis, the neck, even inside the mouth. If you palpate the TMJs, it's hurting. You have to then de determine, is it a sharp pain or a dull pain? If it's a dull pain, that's normally um, more muscular or inflammation, and that can be from the lateral pterygoid or just inflammation around the disc. And that sort of gives you a way that it's more muscular, and especially if there are so complain that they get headaches and they feel the tightness or tension in the cheeks and masters in the morning, that's a classic sign to me that's a more muscular. Now, with muscular pain, I find it's actually more effective for these patients to be having manual therapy or good physiotherapy for the head and neck. And in those situations, if there's no big um, damage of the teeth, no jaw clicking, um, I would then, and no snoring or sleep apnea issues, I'd be saying, let's start with physical therapy and manual therapy first and see how you respond to that. And if you're responding well and the pain is reducing and you're not feeling as much tension in the masseters anymore, we can just leave that physiotherapy. You don't need to have a splint. But if they've mm. gone, gone through the physio first and then they're thinking, nah, it's still not helping. It's maybe 50% helping, but I want even more improvements. I'm still waking with tension and tightness in the morning. That's when I'd say, okay, let's go make the splint now mm. and go forward with that. And then the last category, the um, TMJ pain, oh, the TMJ 
disc issues. Now, that's a bit more complex than the muscle pain issues because the TMJ disc, um, that's when the disc could be clicking or the disc could be locked and the patients could be coming in where they can't open their mouth properly or close properly or they've got um, more of a sharp pain in their jaw joint. So these patients, they'll often also have muscle pain because the muscles will be spasming to help protect the TMJ. But the main distinction would be they'll also be complaining of clicking or locking. You may feel the clicking and locking or crepitus. And when you palpate the TMJ, it won't be a dull, achy sore pain. It'll be more of a sharp pain because um, the sharp pain is from the disc slipping on and off. So in these disc patients, they're very suitable for a splint. And today when I see patients with uh, um, a disc issue, they are the only patients I say I jump in straight away to make a splint. But if it's a muscle pain issue, that's when I'm a bit more hesitant to jump into a splint because I can see they may not need a splint and we potentially could avoid having to go down that path. Hmm. But yeah, if it's a disc clicking issue or dislocation or um, closed lock situation, those are more of the situations where I'd be more um, um, adamant to jump into a splint immediately. It's that time of year again. Before June 30, we have to renew our indemnity insurance. And when I look for an insurer, I'm looking for someone who's going to be there when I need their help. They're going to act fast and they're going to be by my side so I can practice with confidence. I get all of that from Dental Protection Limited. What I love about them is that they're more than just an insurer. They're actually here to help us, to give us content and support us with medical legal situations and most importantly, help us avoid these situations. The content they produce is the best content out there from an insurer like them. Renewal notices are out in May. To make sure you get all of these added benefits, sign up by June 30. I can say from personal experience, when you need help, you'll be glad you're with Dental Protection Limited. Thank you, Dental Protection Limited, for supporting me in my career and the Dental Head Start podcast. With splints for those patients, um, obviously, we, we're not going to talk deeply about the goals, exactly how and what you want, mm. but um, can you just quickly go through the the maybe the pathophysiology of what the splint does or, or what's going on, what the splint does to actually help that, just so we can like get a mental picture, I guess? Yeah, no, sure. So, in these situations where disc is um, clicking or dislocated or locked and causing pain, um, most of the time, it's because the condyle is crushing the uh, the retrodiscal tissue behind the disc. So mm. the disc is made of cartilage, so it's avascular and it's a shock absorber. So normally when we bite together or grind, we're um, putting pressure on the disc and it won't hurt. But if the disc is hurting, that normally means the disc has displaced itself. And when it displaces, it then makes the retrodiscal tissue come forward. And then the condyle can crush this retrodiscal tissue when we clench or chew. Now, the retrodiscal tissue is highly innervated with nerves and blood vessels, etc. So that's why it would hurt and cause that sharp pain. So what we're trying to do with a splint in this situation is decompress the jaw and um, open up space in that condyle TMJ area. So if they're clenching or chewing or biting together, they won't be crushing that retrodiscal tissue. And sometimes we can also design the splint to help recapture the disc and put and help the disc move back so the retrodiscal tissue will also move out of the way. So that's um, one of the reasons how we can use splint in that situation. But if it was a muscle pain patient, 
that sore splint wouldn't help so much mm. because the disc is all okay. It's all the muscles which are a problem. So a, disc, a splint for a disc issue wouldn't help a patient with a muscle issue. Mm. With um, those patients, do they tend to grind less because they are slightly more open at night or is that is that a myth that I'm bringing up? It's a hard one to say because the... There's no concrete evidence for that, yeah. about, about for or against it. There's lots of yeah. different theories. But, yeah, when the mouth is more opened and um, decompressed, there are theories that it does change the, um, the intensity that the muscles can, um, mm, mm. can um, clench and grind with. But it also depends on how thick the splint is. So if it's a certain thickness, it may reduce the clenching and grinding. But if it's too thick, it could increase the clenching and grinding. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, is that tension on the muscles? Yeah, yeah. Mm, so this, exactly. yeah, it can go either way. It probably depends too much on the case. To yeah, uh, yeah. Mm, that's when it be very um, specific in terms of case selection, looking at the vertical, the protrusion, um, mm. skeletal discrepancies, etc. Yeah, yeah. Well, mm. that sounds like a little bit more than just for this um, podcast. <laughs> but if um, if anyone's listening and wants to learn more, obviously go back, listen to um, Dr. Damien Teo has done three other. As we said, um, three of uh, uh, what I wish I knew episodes also has the TMD and sleep mini residency coming up in September and October, and um, that's I think that sounds really good. Go to cpdjunkie.com.au, you'll see it there, but also at their site. Damien, what what is that course going to involve? Tell us a little bit about the course. Yeah, well, this is going to be a six day mini residency, and in this um, course, I'm going to be teaching um, all levels of dentists and oral health therapists about how to recognize and screen and diagnose TMD and sleep and bruxism issues. And then I'll also be teaching them how to treat and treatment plan all these cases and also how to recognize when to refer out and also know who to refer to. So um, I've got a team of a great team of speakers coming to this course, um, a range of different dentists specializing in TMD and sleep apnea. I have one dentist who's um, also an acupuncturist coming as well. Mm. There's also um, a MaxFact surgeon, ENT, um, well-known orthodontist Derek Mahoney, and um, also physio, chiropractor, and osteopath to come talk about how to work with their professions and also give demonstrations on how they treat TMD and uh, sleep that's um that's really awesome actually there's so many different people you're going to get advice from and like this area it's complex it's multidisciplinary so obviously that is crucial um, for us and our understanding um well dr damon teo thank you so much for sharing that with us um i look forward to that course i won't be there this year but hopefully next i'll have a newborn um <laughs> but anyone that goes i'm sure it'll be great thank you so much for sharing this with us on the dental head start podcast no worries thanks a lot david been a pleasure Thank you so much for listening to the Dental Head Start podcast. I genuinely hope this is helping you become a better dentist. So if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe on your podcast player and I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to social media and share something that you've appreciated from us with one of your friends. That's how the word gets out. That's how more people gain and benefit from what we're doing. And if you're a dental student or a graduate and you want to get a head start, go to dentalheadstart.com to find everything we're doing to help dental students become great dentists.